Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. for Batter Up, the definitive Atlanta Braves podcast with host Joe Patrick and Caleb Johnson giving you exclusive insight into our Braves from Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Here's Joe and Caleb. Welcome into the Batter Up podcast on this Tuesday, March 22nd. Caleb Johnson and with my co-host Joe Patrick uh, on a week where we knew there was going to be a lot of news. We knew there was going to be a lot of emotion. And yet it feels like so much has changed, Joe Patrick. Uh, Joe, you coming off a bit of a vacation yeah. time. How are you How are you <laughs> feeling there, bud? Couldn't, couldn't have timed this one any better. Obviously, I had the vacation scheduled before even the lockout. And <laughs> so I kind of was out of the loop for one of the most important weeks of uh, free, you know, free agency and offseason transaction baseball, maybe that's ever happened. Like for all of this stuff to get crammed into a matter of what five days or a week or however long it was, I left. I was pretty much out of commission, and I told everybody, you know, when I was gone, I was actually going to be stick my head in the sand, quite literally, uh, while I was on vacation and just like not pay attention to anything from about Wednesday through Saturday. And that's when pretty much everything in baseball happened. The last time that we spoke, Caleb, was when we had just gotten the news that Matt Olson um, was coming to Atlanta, essentially to replace Freddie Freeman. But we hadn't heard about what was going to happen to Freddie uh, at that point. I think at the time, it was obviously the Dodgers were involved. I think the Yankees were kind of dropping out, but the Rays seemed to have some interest. Of course, he winds up in Los Angeles, and uh, I will just say it was painful to see see the pictures and everything. You know, it was uh, it's just you know, Dodgers man, really like it had it had to be them, didn't it? Joe, it's something that we had kind of touched on briefly uh, before we started recording. Was that I don't think there had been a more drastic heel turn than what I've seen happen with Freddie Freeman. Yeah. I yeah. mean. A week ago, I was on here you know, telling you, Joe, like how, how much I understand the move that you want to go younger, but man, it's just tough to see your franchise player and Freddie Freeman go to what I assumed was going to be the Dodgers. Cause I just, I, there's just something spoke to me about the fact of you got family out there. You live 45 minutes away from the stadium. I just knew that deal was going to get done. Uh, and I kept saying we had heard from Anthopolis. We had we had seen the tears of how emotional and how tough a decision this was. But I wanted to hear from Freddie himself to kind of get a full picture understanding. And boy, did we get uh, <laughs> quite the press conference mm-hmm. with, with Freddie Freeman sitting down in front of the microphone, getting asked about, you know, essentially getting wooed over to the Dodgers and he's gone full Dodger in that um, he was very polite when it came to Braves fans. Um, but 
look, we can just right off right off the jump. We we can hear Freddie himself talk about the fact of, of what he thought of Alex Anthopoulos doing that press scrum and shedding some tears while doing so. What'd you make of Anthopoulos' tears? Hmm? Anthopoulos' tears. Um, <laughs> I saw him. <laughs> yeah, that's all I'll say. That's wild. That is, I mean, that is, uh, that, <laughs> you know, I think that he didn't have to say everything, you know, that for us to receive the message of what he was thinking when he saw uh, yeah. Alex Anthopoulos. To me, it seemed perfectly genuine from Alex Anthopoulos at the time. Um, you know, I certainly didn't perceive that press scrum the way that Freddie did, but obviously Freddie has a totally different perspective on how everything went down based on the you know, the the um, communication that he was having with the Braves, or maybe lack thereof. Yeah, I, I think that's an additional part of this, is it's just, it was so strange to see Freddie Freeman, a guy who always takes the high road, who is always so positive, uh, yeah. you know, always has, has that smile kind of thing, and, and to be asked about it, uh, and I mean, I, I guess that was his version of taking the high road, but you could see the look on his face of being like, you know, man, that, you know, whatever thoughts were kind of going through his mind. Like he did not buy that Alex Anthopoulos was truly genuine about losing Freddie. And it's it seems to be that Freddie thought there was going to be uh, this, I don't know, pomp and circumstance kind of rolling out the red carpet, uh, this big showing from the Braves that never came to fruition. I originally, I just assumed that was going to happen, Joe. I just assumed that the Braves were going to end up overpaying for Freddie Freeman, mm -hmm. for, of what you were going to end up getting in his career. And I was honestly, you'd asked me a week ago, or two weeks ago, I was fine with that. Look, it happens. You know, I don't, I don't think it turns into one of those we talked about Albert Pujols kind of thing. I didn't think it was going to turn into that, especially with the fact that the, the DH was coming to the National League. But uh, not only was there not any red carpet rolled out for Freddie Freeman, there was hardly, it seems, any communication, as Freddie pointed out here. Communication um, wasn't all there at the, in the offseason. Um, I got two phone calls all offseason. So um, I got more from Andrew to my agents in a matter of a couple hours. So um, I, I didn't know what was going on. Um, I got one call the day before the lockout uh, of a checking in. And I got one call when the lockout was lift, lifted, just checking in. So I don't know how to interpret that, um, but that's just the reality of what was going on. So when uh, the Dodgers and other teams expressed interest and wanted to communicate and want to, 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 want to get me here, that was huge for me. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role 
like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yeah, and, and to me, it seems like, uh, from my perspective, and not just my perspective, but just what I'm gathering, having read reports and, and you know, other people who have been talking about the situation, it seems like Freddie, uh, his agent, did not really, he really do him any favors in this whole situation. And I think that um, just the way it was handled was, you know, by his agent side was really kind of playing hardball, you know, to borrow a pun, where the Braves aren't going to play that, you know, uh, Alex Anthopoulos is not going to be kind of, you know, jerked around by a player in negotiations. And I, you know, one of the words I kept on saying about all of this is that it was you know, a ruthless move by, by Alex Anthopoulos to go ahead and pull the trigger on the Matt Olson trade and, and do this whole uh, reshuffle. But I, I don't say that in a bad way. What I, what I mean by ruthless is just that he's taking the emotion out of the decision as much as he possibly can, um, because at t- to his point that he made in that press scrum where he was looking emotional about the deal, his job as the general manager of this team is to put is to try to maximize the amount of wins that the Braves are going to get uh, under his you know leadership and his guidance. So um, you know I just thought it was really impressive. And Caleb, I wanted to read this uh, quote from Chipper Jones. Did you see this? Um, what he said on, on, <laughs> yes, on uh, he, he, he appeared on yeah. 680 The Fan. He said, um, quote, I do not agree with the way that this was handled on Freddie's side. If you want to play in Atlanta, you play in Atlanta. You maybe take a little less to be happy and play in a place that is comfortable for you. The second that Freddie told me that he rejected the five years for $135 million after the All-Star break, I told him, quote, you're playing a very dangerous game. You go out on the free agent market, you get quartered by all the pretty girls on the block. Chances are you're not going to come back if you take your time waiting on that six-year deal into January. Atlanta has a job to do, and that's exactly what happened, it seems like. You know, Atlanta wanted to – they 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 locked up Matt Olson on the eight-year deal because by the time he's done with eight years, he will be two years younger than Freddie Freeman will be by the end of this six-year deal that he has with the Dodgers. So, you know, I just think that Alex Anthopoulos was looking out for the interests of the Braves, and they weren't going to be, you know – uh, well, I also heard uh, Dave O'Brien um, talking about, and again, I don't know where this was initially reported because I was out, uh, obviously out of town, but he was saying that um, Freddie's agent reportedly made an ultimatum to the Braves and gave them like an hour yep. to decide on a deal. Like, that's crazy. And it doesn't surprise me then that Alex Anthopoulos went and did what he did. Yeah. You talk about, you know, Freddie's agent and, and his representation and how all that went down. Um, the first thing that I found weird going back to, to that soundbite of, of Freddie talking about, you know, I only received two phone calls was just the fact of what, um, what were the Braves really supposed to do? Like the Braves right, should have right. been talking That's the to rules. your management. <laughs> yeah. The Braves should have been talking to your management, uh, offering up a contract and if you know if you guys like it and you want to try to negotiate that sort of thing it was just really strange that it was that that of course the dodgers and of course other teams were going to be the ones calling you and you know trying to convince you to change your mind because everything that freddie freeman had been saying for the last two years was i want to be an atlanta brave for life i want to be here i want to stay in the city and so it's just kind of like, all right, well, we need to kind of figure out how that's going to get done. And clearly, uh, Freddie's agents kind of look they they missed the mark. They they had too much dip on their chip. And 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 you're right that that was reported about the the one hour ultimatum, um, which I'm assuming had to have scrubbed Alex Anthopoulos uh, the wrong way, Absolutely. knowing that he knowing that he could make this deal for Matt Olson. And that's what I think it came down to. We want to get Freddie's deal done, but we have certain parameters. You guys don't want to follow that. All right, cool. Like we'll keep it pushing and we'll, we'll move on. It's just so strange that, that now, um, that Freddie is just all of this, you know, essentially I've been jaded by the Braves and I was done wrong kind of thing. And it was like, no, like you knew, this is going to happen. The one thing I will say about Chipper Jones, spot on, 
with what he had to say uh, as far as, you know, you're, you're, you're going to get courted by all the pretty girls uh, and, and you're definitely going to be enticed to move on. However, Chipper has been playing both sides of this yeah. <laughs> this offseason. He was on our station mm-hmm. earlier saying that, uh, you know, oh, I really think the Braves kind of messed this up by, um, like, they floated some contracts Freddie's way that, that you know, almost seemed disrespectful. And I was like, okay, now now Chipper's like, oh, Freddie's not on the Braves anymore, and I need to be in the good graces of, <laughs> yeah, yeah. of Atlanta. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. You know, let me yeah. sing a little bit different tune. Um, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, so that, that, no doubt. Um, it, go ahead. Well, it's just – it's one of those – it's a weird time. I tweeted out something that – because obviously Freddie Freeman's not the only face of the franchise to leave the city within the last week. We just had Matt Ryan with the Falcons – uh, get traded away. I never thought I would I would be sitting here on a day where I was more sad about Matt Ryan leaving Atlanta than I was Freddie Freeman. Mm, but I think, mm-hmm. and, and I've even seen some speculation on, and obviously Freddie didn't do this, but it was like, uh, you know, did Freddie kind of, did he do this on his way out to make it easier for us to all move on? You know, like, <laughs> like and, and it's one of those, I, I think everything that he did uh, in, in that press conference kind of made it like, all right, you know what? I'm ready to see you in the NLCS next year, and I'm ready mm-hmm. to beat you on way to another World Series. Yeah, uh, it, and, you're, and you're, I, to- I, you're totally right. It certainly does make it easier to move on. And we were already, I think, kind of talking... I don't know if convincing ourselves is, is the exact right way to phrase it, but when we were looking at the, you know, just the 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 the, the bare facts of what, who Matt Olson is, the terms of his contract, how that compared to what we thought Freddie was going to get at the time, we were thinking, okay, this is actually a pretty good deal for the Braves. Maybe there are some intangible things that you can't replace um, that will need to be built up in time by other players in the clubhouse and things that that you don't have with Freddie leaving. But just from the from the bare you know stats, this is a pretty good deal. I think after seeing all this go down, like you were just saying, Caleb, it kind it makes it almost easier not not even easier to stomach. I think that people are even like more excited now to see Matt Olson yeah. play for this team, um, just because of the way that that. All went down. I do think that long term, after a year, five years, whatever, people will still look back at Freddie Freeman very fondly. I'm sure some are not rubbed the wrong way at all by this, but um, it, it I think it certainly does make this whole thing more palatable, <laughs> just to kind of see his um his frustration with the Braves. I guess you could say. Uh, and by the way, I feel like he kind of implied that maybe the Dodgers or other teams were breaking the rules by talking to him between the two calls that he referenced by the Braves. Like, and it's worth noting that Alex Anthopoulos has gotten slapped on the wrist for breaking some of these, um, breaking some of these protocols. And that is why I don't know if you noticed, he was very uh, conscious not to mention Freddie by name when he had that press scrum, because he's technically not allowed to do that. The players union does not allow general managers to mention other players by name and how it might affect their dealings because it would ruin, you know, potentially ruin the value. Although it's so stupid because everybody yeah. knows exactly what, what it meant. Um, but, I, but I think it's just worth noting that Alex Anthopoulos was very cognizant of that. And I think that, the, you know, good for the Braves for not breaking any of these rules, but I'm sorry that Freddie felt hurt by the fact that, <laughs> that they weren't breaking the rules to, to try to talk to him. Yeah, it is one of those. You're right. I th- like, Fans will get over this. Freddie will get over this. And I think at some point, once he his playing career is done, his number will be retired. I would think. I don't. I don't expect anyone to ever wear number five ever again. Mm-hmm. However, I, I you know it's it is one of those awkward things of like, well, Dansby Swanson was the one who came out and said no one should ever wear number five again. And well, Joe, can we just move on with another piece of? Uh, interesting news that came out i don't know if you saw this while you were gone but the fact that carlos correa's agent reached out to the braves Mm. and was kind of like hey you want to make a deal and and come get the come get our shortstop uh which could make things uh, could could cause things to look very different in the future uh dansby swanson is also on his final year of his, his year. deal mm-hmm. before reaching free agency, his agent 
same agent as Freddie Freeman. So mm, there is the potential. There is the potential yeah. we could be doing the same thing again next year. And it's worth noting with Correa that I believe I got have this right that he has an opt out of his contract after one year, so he would potentially still be an option if the Braves, you know, don't decide to extend Dansby. I don't. I don't know. I I personally like Dansby. I hope that he stays. But sure. Um. Yeah. That is that is interesting that that Freddie and Dansby are repped by the same agents. Agents pull a lot of strings in in the sports world. I, I don't think fans really uh pay enough attention to um obviously in the soccer world kind of where i come from it's huge it's it's enormous and i think in baseball is probably right up there maybe second most i think in some yeah. maybe some other sports nfl there's um just more hurdles that they can't they can't have as much uh, of an influence but yeah when you have these like big free agency periods they they do a lot and it's about those relationships that gms have with certain agents and things like that so that will be something to keep an eye out on that's good looking by you well, and it is one of those, when it comes to Dansby, I, I tweeted out after Freddie was traded away, I think Dansby is now the leader of this club, I, not the best player on this club, sure. yep. but he will, he, will be, he will be the leader and the spokesperson. He kind of already did that in the past when the Braves had that uh, issue with fans throwing trash on the field. Uh, and he kind of stepped up, and he's just always been—he's always been a vocal guy. But there was Freddie who was over him, uh, who kind of took on more of that leadership role. I think that's now Dansby. Uh, so it will be interesting to see how much that gets valued uh, at the end of this year. But as we've seen from Alex Anthopoulos, you got to play well, or you're not going to be a part of this team uh, because he's not interested in just winning. The 2021 World Series, he wants to put multiple championships together, and that excites me. That leads us, Joe, into there's been a lot of transactions since we last talked. We we threw that out there. We knew there was going to be some new faces on this team and some faces that we got to experience a world championship with a year ago who are no longer a part of uh, of this team. I'll start with the, the guys who are gone. Obviously, Freddie Freeman leads that list. You know, no no more needs to be mentioned about him. I feel like I'm done talking about him <laughs> until we see him again in the NLCS. Um, a, a surprise for a lot of fans, Jorge Soler leaves, goes to the Marlins on a three-year, $36 million deal. Uh, did you expect, after Matt Olson's contract, uh, did you expect Jorge Soler to, to potentially come back? So I, I think I would have expected him to come back if the Braves were going to be able to get a deal uh, more like the short term one that Eddie Rosario has where, you know, I think the Braves would have been willing to pay the 12 million a year that Jorge Soler is going to be getting if that were for one or two years. But almost certainly that if he was getting a one-year deal, they would have wanted something more like Kenley Jansen money, like one year, $16 million, something like that. And I think that, you know, it just makes sense in that respect for the Braves to, to opt for Rosario. And I think the other thing about this, and Alex Anthopoulos really pointed to this when he was being asked questions in the Colin McHugh press conference, which was that, you know, they were really targeting a left-handed bat. Um, and, you know, that's just something where you when you've got Acuna and uh, Marcelo Zuna in the outfield – um, and Adam Duvall, you really need a lefty to kind of balance some of that out. Really, when you look at this Braves lineup, I'm trying to think, you've got Olsen obviously hitting from the left side. Ozzy's a switch hitter. Other than that, pretty much everybody else is a right-handed hitter. So I think that they really were looking for that left-handed bat. So for as for as good as Jorge Soler was in a short time with the Braves, I think that you know I'm I, I'm not shocked that they didn't resign him on a three-year deal. I kind of never saw that as being a possibility. What about you? Yeah, with so with Solaire, I was kind of surprised how many fans um were shocked that he didn't come back. I never anticipated is... like I would have been shocked if Solaire had come back. Why you you uh No, it's just very it, 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 yeah, no, it's very interesting for me since I was gone and I was not checking in on reactions or anything like this um to hear what fans reactions were to some of these deals. And it's funny that they were yeah, it's, funny to me that they were like upset that he didn't come back on that number to the Braves. Well, it's one of those I think the, like the moonshot has just stuck with with everyone. You yeah. know, seeing yep. that ball fly out in Houston, yep. everyone fell in love with Jorge Soler in that moment. Um, however, I feel like people forget that Alex Anthopoulos essentially 
traded for Jorge, like traded, got Jorge Soler for nothing. Like absolutely mm-hmm. gave him up for uh, a very low minor league pitcher. Was it that pitcher? Um, yeah, I forget his name. Yeah, the the one from the uh the the fire fire oh, frogs. I can't remember the yeah the fire frogs. Um, the guy who I think it was high A. Um, anyways, it it, it was completely like just get him off our books essentially mm-hmm. is what kansas city take the money to do. take on the he, money yeah yeah he had been playing very poorly but like two had 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 a consistent two weeks i if mm-hmm. i remember correctly yep. before yep. the braves went and got him it's more likely that jorge soler goes back to the kind of mediocre player not saying that he's not going to have moments of uh, of being great however i think alex Antopoulos had to have looked at that situation like you said joe Looking at the, oh, you want three years? Mm, no, I'm not trying to pay guys beyond what I think their talent is going to bring to Atlanta. And so that's a deal where you you keep it moving. You let, okay, the Marlins want to do that. Uh, Jock Peterson, a guy who had even tweeted out uh, that a potential deal might get done with Atlanta. Yeah, he, yeah. Ends up, he ends up going to the Giants on a one-year, $6 million deal. Uh, that one was kind of odd. Drew Smiley, uh, good riddance, sir. I'm glad <laughs> that you found a new team. He gets a one-year deal. Uh, five, Just a little over $5 million goes to the Cubs. Chris Martin gets a one-year deal, uh, almost $3 million to go to the Cubs. The Cubs are just bringing, um, adding these guys to for the warm bodies, you know, just to, like, fill out the numbers there <laughs> in Chicago. Yeah, and, and then we kind of touched on it a little bit. Uh, Eddie Rosario comes back, two years, $18 million. Colin McHugh, um, a reliever who's going to come on a two-year, $10 million deal. An Henry amazing Jansen. deal. An amazing deal to get Colin McHugh right. on that number. That's the that's the pull that, uh, that the Braves have with so many players. Maybe Matt Olson as well, but you know, for local guys who have grown up Braves fans who want to come in, especially later in their careers, like Colin McHugh settle down. I mean, that's a that's a that's pretty much a steal for, for the Braves to get him in on that number. He also follows me on I've, Twitter. Because he's a big Atlanta United fan, and I cover the team, so that's, that's kind of fun. Yeah, maybe we can get him on. I remember. I re- yeah, absolutely. We should we should definitely try for that. Uh, I remember you telling me that that he was a big Atlanta United guy. I don't know if he kept up with the team, uh, or if he like a lot of us, uh, as the struggles have been in the last year or two, kind <laughs> yeah, of gotten kind a little distant, and now no. and, and and now everybody's kind of like peering, you know, through the curtain. Is like, oh, can I come back now? Like, it it looks I'm, interesting, you know. They're, I'm pretty they're... I'm pretty sure he's been like yelling Boca out in my mentions from a, a couple <laughs> times. Not not too much. He's not crazy, but uh, yeah. And then I'll just pick it up because I kind of threw us off course. You got Kenley Jansen, uh, out of yeah. nowhere, coming in on a one year, yeah. sixteen million dollar deal. I love that move. I did not expect it to happen. I wasn't even thinking it was possible. Um. Love it. It kind of works on multiple levels, obviously, because you got the whole Dodgers aspect again, which this Braves-Dodgers thing could become one of the big rivalries in all of baseball, I think, and which is exciting um, because I think both these teams are set up for success for a long time. The Dodgers, because they've got money and they're the Dodgers, they'll just continue to be good. And obviously, we know that the Braves are kind of in this championship window. So that's a fun aspect to it. But I really think the more I thought about it, to have to be able to kind of use him and Will Smith in closing roles, you can mix and match those guys in late inning situations, which we'll talk about a little bit later when we go through this pitching staff, which we're going to do today. Love that signing. So here's an interesting thing, Joe Patrick. Mm-hmm. I don't love this move. Okay. I I think it's the pettiest move that Alex Anthopoulos has done so far this offseason. Uh, I'm not saying that I don't think that Kenley Jansen isn't a great pitcher. I do. However, you're getting Jansen on the back end mm-hmm. of his career and you're kind of you're kind of dealing with a situation where this this could be the one signing that does not go Alex Anthopoulos' way. Like this is to in my opinion, this is the riskiest move That's he's fair. made all offseason. Um I'm yeah. It's one of those like like my hottest take is if there's anything that's going to go wrong with all of the guys who who are who have been signed, it's going to be Kenley Jansen. Um, he's you know they've already had the conversation before they signed him. They called Will Smith and was like, "Hey, are you cool with Jansen taking over the closing role?" Will Smith said, "If it gets me another ring, absolutely." 
which I love seeing that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we kind of forget about in those matchups with the Braves and the Dodgers, Jansen's had quite a few blown saves, uh, you know, in, in all of that, where the big moment sometimes is a little bit too big for him. And, and I want it, to, it's one of those, like what I want to emphasize, I don't think this is going to like necessarily blow up in uh, Alex Anthopoulos' face. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not looking at this sort of like a, uh, like a Cole Hamels thing, mm-hmm. um, right. but this is definitely more on the side of a Drew Smiley, where um, you know you probably you overspent more than you really needed to for another reliever, um, got a position that you didn't have to go get, but uh, it's fine. And yeah, I think there is um, there's high risk, but also high re- high reward in the, in that move. Yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, Kenley Jansen, if you look at his kind of top line numbers from last year, they all still look pretty good. But the one that I would call out is he really struggled with the command last year, really for the first time in his career. He walked 36 batters Mm -hmm. in 80 or I'm sorry, 36 batters in 69 innings. I mean, that is not good at all. And one thing we know about Brian Snicker is he absolutely hates his relievers walking guys for understandable reasons. And, you know, it's funny because yeah. Alex Anthopoulos pointed to Colin McHugh as, like, the opposite of saying, like, you know, we, we love him because we know he, he throws strikes. That's kind of what he's kind of built his career on. Um, so that is definitely something to watch out for. I would just say you're right that it is kind of a, a high-risk, high-reward type of play. Maybe even the reward isn't super high because you already have a, a pretty nice bullpen there. Um, but the reason I like it, one, it's a one-year deal, so it's not it's like it's not going to hurt you long-term yeah. if it doesn't work out. The other thing right. is, I just I do trust Alex Anthopoulos completely. Like making these moves, he he has just been fantastic for the last few years and being able to identify, especially relievers that have been able to come in and really help this team out. Of course, in 2019, he went out and got um, a trio of guys that really helped. I, I was trying to remember this when I was on the air the other day. It was uh, Chris Martin. Uh, and then like two other guys that he picked up, Mark Melanson, Mark Melanson. That's right. Yeah. And there was one and other one. Um, I was about to say that didn't stick around either, I see but his, performed I say, well. I see his face. Oh, Shane Green, it. Shane Green. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I'll, I'll give Alex Anthopoulos the benefit of the doubt here. And then, uh, you know, also one thing to remember is that, you know, it's not like Will Smith was super dominant last year either. And I wonder, I don't, I'm just kind of spitballing here. I wonder if maybe being able to kind of have like the, uh, like essentially a two closer system. I don't know if that's going to be the system they use, but like if they do have two, if that maybe reduces stress on one of them to like feel like they've got the job that they need to hold down. Um, I don't know. I don't know exactly how they're going to work it out because Brian Snicker is definitely a more traditional type in terms of wanting the one guy that he's going to go to in the ninth yeah. inning every time. But when I just see this, when I see like you've got essentially two closers in Will Smith and Kelly Jansen, one's a lefty, one's a righty. It seems to me like you can do a lot more mixing, matching, getting better, ma- getting the matchups that you want in that ninth inning, um, just depending on who's coming coming up and, and you go to whichever reliever you want to go to. But it, that'll definitely be something to watch out for as the season progresses to see how that situation is managed. But you're right. If it blows yeah. up, if it blows up in their face, and that is definitely a lot of money on this year's payroll that could have gone obviously elsewhere to, to improve the team. Yeah. Well, it, it's one of those, it's a, it's a situation where if we're looking back on the off season during the season, and there are any struggles offensively, you will point to this yes. signing as being like, did you really need to give, a, mm-hmm. you know, a reliever $16 million when you could have spent that money? I, I, that is my only thing about it. Like, Especially I, with I, the DH coming in, like, you know, you knew yeah. that you were going to be needing an, an extra hitter, essentially, on the roster um, to provide value for you. So, no, I think it's it's very fair and something that we shouldn't judge as, I mean, you can't really judge any free agent acquisitions um, at you know, at this stage before they've played games as being a, a good or sure. a bad signing. But I definitely think that, you know, his performance will be very crucial for the Braves in terms of getting the maximum amount of uh, maximum out of this roster. Uh, following Kenley Jansen's deal up is a position that the Braves probably could have added to even more. And uh, one of the options they chose, they they went cheap. They took a flyer on uh, outfielder Alex Dickerson, 
Uh, he's on a one-year, $1 million deal. He was designated for assignment back in November from the Giants. Um, you know, just kind of taking a chance on a guy, another body that, that you need. I think, uh, Joe, you were one who said before we got re- recording that maybe this is like more of a, a Matt Joyce kind mm-hmm. of situation, a uh, guy close to the end of his career. And then another reliever, uh, Alex Anthopoulos, is just kind of taking a flyer on just to see what he might be able to get. Uh, is Tyler Thornburg, who is on a one-year $900,000 non-guaranteed deal, which is like that's that's two hundred grand higher than the league minimum. Um, he's 33 years old, and he had Tommy. He was recovering from Tommy John surgery last year. Have no idea if he even makes it out of camp, but uh, just another deal and the long list of deals that Alex Anthopoulos had made in the last week. Uh, that that kind of that fills out this this roster that we hope is another World Series roster. Yeah, and it's worth noting on Dickerson that he's again another left-handed bat, which just gives you know I, I think that's smart to go after another one there. Uh, and he hits righties well. I mean, he's got a eight ten career uh, OPS against righties. Thirty six of his thirty nine career homers are against righties. So um, yeah, like a solid kind of yeah. I mean low low stakes guy that will be the hopefully you know just be like a bench bat kind of on the end of the bench play sunday day games (laughs) absolutely uh now joe there is like we we want to start doing some deep dives every week uh as we enter the season and then even throughout the season uh just as we kind of see stuff uh flesh out uh, this week you wanted us to kind of focus on the the pitching staff which feels like has seen some changes and then at the same time you got old reliables coming back uh from a world series winning roster that that like i said you 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 hope to be able to do this all over again um any that you kind of want to point out as we as we get close to the season to start well yeah you know i it was fun kind of funny because i was listening to a podcast another podcast and uh waskar you know his name was mentioned now I, I was like you know one of the starters for this team a guy who's definitely gonna yeah. be in the rotation i was like oh yeah shit i, for- I forgot about waskar you know <laughs> so uh definitely need to freshen up on this you know it's interesting though because i think a lot of people myself included thought that this team was definitely going to go in for a veteran starter uh in free agency yeah. which they didn't end up doing and that's been alex Anthopoulos has, has done that routinely since he's been here with the braves going after that veteran starter obviously Char- charlie morton worked out fantastically last year to the point where they gave him that contract extension midway through last year. Um, But you, you know, this is what, what is really kind of stands out to me overall with this staff is that it's kind of like, all right, it's time for Kyle Wright, Tuki Toussaint, like these guys who have been kind of here and there around the starting rotation for a couple of years now to really kind of solidify themselves as starters for this team. Um, and that's exciting. You know, I, again, I, another guy that has kind of gone under the radar is Kyle Wright because he wasn't really involved with the team as much down the stretch of last season. He was not on the playoff rosters for, uh, either the division series or the championship series, but he was added. I don't know if you remember this. I was just reading about it. I think it was um, yeah. Rosenthal. Somebody wrote a, one of the athletic writers, I believe, wrote about this uh, this morning. Uh, that Kyle Wright, you know, ha- had played a big role in in the World Series for the Braves, coming in as the piggyback off of Dylan Lee in Game Two, where he struck out the side, uh, and then came in and pitched uh, like four plus innings in Game Four. Um, that was huge. That the Braves the Braves won. So I think that hopefully he can take that in to this year. Um, You know, the whole thing with him has always just been the consistency and the confidence, you know, it's just, he seems to lose it. So, and then he he gets in his own head and all that stuff, but just talent wise, I love this rotation. I mean, it's, it's an extremely talented rotation. When you look at Freed, Morton, Anderson, you know what you're getting from them. And then, you know, the stuff that, you know, are right in Tucson have, everybody knows it, but it's just a matter of, can they get that stuff on a consistent basis? Yeah, it was actually interesting, Joe, when you put uh when you put the list together of of what you kind of project to be as a rotation, I was surprised with myself that that you and I see this rotation pretty different when it comes to that back half. Mm. I think the ones that that are currently solidified, you know, obviously Max Fried at the top, 
Charlie Morton is not going to be the number two for a while. Yeah. Um. You know, he still gotta gotta recover from um. He, what was the he threw, yeah, he, the broken leg? Uh, that he, he the grounder the, that oh, he took off the say. leg in the World Series. He threw a simulated game yesterday, which was Monday, March twenty first. So that's a good sign. Uh, got through that pain free, all that stuff. But it does seem like he'll still just need he'll be behind a little bit on his build up. Yeah, I mean, I would probably say May. You know, I I don't know, maybe earlier than that. But yeah, I'm sure we'll we'll get um, a firmer timeline I, on him. But he is it's definitely worth you know. Yeah, he'll he'll probably miss yeah maybe a couple starts or something like that, or not go as long in the first few starts. Sure. Uh, so like I said, Max Fried at the top. Charlie Morton's not going to be there in two, so I would assume Ian Anderson slides up. Waskar Enoa, we think, is going to be there. Um, to kind of take back that starting role that he lost because he punched a wall and broke his hand. Uh, however, I don't know if Snit wants to move him back to the bullpen. Like I, I don't know what's going to end up happening with him. Um, but sure, we'll say for the moment he's a lock. Uh, you have Kyle Wright in there. I think Kyle Wright's going to get another shot, but this is going to be the final shot that Kyle Wright gets. Uh, just for the fact of he went pretty much the entire season without being a part uh, of this rotation. As you pointed out, brought him in for the World Series, and he was extremely pivotal in what they were able to do. Uh, I don't know that Tuki Toussaint gets a shot at, at starting in this rotation again. I think he's he's going to be a bullpen guy and a relatively low bullpen guy, uh, a guy who throughout the season is going to eat up innings for you. Uh, The other two that you've got on here are Kyle Muller and Tucker Davidson. I think Tucker Davidson, at least in my opinion, is a lock to be a part of this rotation. Mm. Um, I'm not so convinced with Kyle Muller, but I could end up being very wrong on that. There is a dark horse that I I think is going to come out of nowhere. He was a guy that... We got all excited heading into the playoffs and then got a little bit of an opportunity, looked incredible, throws extremely fast, and I think all of a sudden we're going to start talking about Spencer Strider. Mm. Uh, He is a guy who flew up the Braves' uh, minor league system. Uh, I mean, literally went through every, uh, made every stop in a year. Um, a guy who the Braves are really high on just for the fact of this guy can throw, you know, triple digits. Yeah. Uh, and whenever a guy can do that, he gets your attention. Uh, it, I think the Braves might treat him as a, uh, how the Dodgers did Gratterall and Gratterall was a guy who throws really fast, who could start, but they also might use him in some relief, uh, positions. But he's a guy that if there's going to be anyone who kind of comes out of nowhere uh, and takes over getting a, a starting opportunity, I think Dylan Lee is another one who's, who's going to get floated out there. That's why I am just – I'm lower on Tukey. I'm honestly lower on Kyle Wright, although I think he'll get an opportunity. But, I, but the fact that the Braves have all of this young talent – uh, who showed promise at the end of last year. I just wonder if those guys are going to get those opportunities um, moreover than the than the same guys that if it feels like have been trotted out there the last couple of years going, maybe some you know, maybe something will happen this year. Uh, the one thing I will say is it leads to a, a an opportunity come summer when the Braves are looking to make some deals, make some trades, whatever be the case. Um, that you'll kind of know what you have by that point uh, so that, you know, I don't expect all these guys to stay within the Braves organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one thing to mention on a few of these guys. So uh, Kyle Wright, Tuki Toussaint, Tucker Davidson, those three guys only have one option left. So this will be their last option year. And the Braves won't want to exercise, use that option because they, they become a lot less tradable when they have no options remaining. Um, go ahead. I was about to say, and they uh, part of the new CBA is guys can only be sent up or sent down five times in a season. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that kind of impacts how the Braves 
will want to um, go about. I hadn't thought about the fact of those guys having options. That ooh, that really puts the pressure on. I'm thinking a guy like Kyle Wright because if you were to tell me tomorrow Tuki Toussaint's going to start the season off in Gwinnett, I wouldn't be that surprised. I wouldn't either. Just honestly, <clears throat> I wouldn't either. Um, but so you, so you said Kyle Wright, Tuki Toussaint, and who else? Uh, Tucker Davidson, which was surprising to me. I wouldn't Tucker have thought Davidson. he only would only have one option left, um, but he does. Interesting. So um, Braves going to have to manage that situation pretty carefully with those players. Um, and I agree, like they're not going to want to, yeah, bring them up if they, you know they're they're just going to want to manage that carefully. And I'm on, honestly kind of surprised they've gotten into the situation where all three of those guys are. Are in this situation, you know, vying for for rotation slots um, with only that one option year left that they wouldn't have maybe tried to use one to trade to bring in a more veteran uh, starter. Uh, and I do wonder if they still might use one of those players to trade um, for a, a more bona fide starter at some point this season but um <clears throat> that's worth noting honestly when I was putting together this list I wasn't really <laughs> I, I was just kind of it was kind of top of the head. Honestly, I'm sure. with you on Tucker Davidson. I probably like Tucker Davidson the I probably like Tucker Davidson more right now than Muller or Tukey. Um and well and probably right too. I don't know. It's 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 going to be I think healthy competition uh for those guys in yeah. the spring training to 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 try to earn those earn those spots, but I really like Tucker's um it's very kind of like uh I don't, I don't know, but like when a, when a reporter's like, I love the way he talks, like to media, it can sound like, well, okay, whatever. No, but, but he really does like, have like a genuine, yeah. He, he, he looks, he sounds, he throws like a major league baseball pitcher. Yeah. And I think uh, th- there is something to that. I, I know what you're talking about. Uh, the, the intangibles with Tucker yeah. Davidson just kind of give you that. I think he's going to stick around. It's the same thing that we got out of Ian Anderson. Like mm-hmm. Ian mm, Anderson exactly. kind of got thrown in there and you saw him and you heard from him and you went, yeah, yeah that's yeah. a guy that I can trust. That's a guy that I, I feel like uh, I can. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. And depend on. And something I remember from Tucker Davidson is like, you know, it's it's good to hear from a young pitcher when they come out of a start, whether it was good or bad. Honestly, typically almost better when it's bad, when they have a bad start, and they're able to identify and explain why they were bad. Instead of like, you know, guys yeah. are just like, I couldn't throw it over the plate or whatever. <laughs> you know, it's like um, oh, it just wasn't my night. Just wasn't yeah, my yeah, night. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's good to hear from a young player to be able to, you know, understand what was happening mechanically that may have caused them issues in a given moment or, or something like that. And again, same with Kyle Wright. Kyle or I, I was I should say Kyle Wright's kind of the opposite where he gets so frustrated, he's just like, oh, I don't know. And he's just like pressing in in, in post game. It's like, mm. I wish there was like you could talk about this in a more technical and calm mannered way, like sure. we've heard from guys like Ian Anderson. So, um, and and Tucker just seems just really chill, <laughs> chill dude. Yeah. <laughs> I like the, him. So good he's, in the clubhouse, things like really, that. A- yeah, he's really active on TikTok, and yeah. I just like just I'm just gonna be honest. Like I I like his TikTok. Yeah. It, he makes me laugh, and I just think he just kind of fits in, and sometimes those sorts of things are important and they matter when it comes to a clubhouse it, and it comes to a pitching staff it truly uh, versus does. a guy who, yeah, who maybe doesn't fit in. Uh, Joe, there was, there's been there was a video. Where- there, there was a video that Tucker did one time where he was like, 
going into training at his minor league. I forget what team he was with at the time. And he like stopped by. And he's like, I'm going to surprise him with Dunkin' Donuts. And he like swung by and got donuts for everybody <laughs> when he walked in. Like that's like that's like little stuff, but like it actually matters. And I think it speaks a lot to the person uh, that they're just thinking of their teammates and colleagues in that kind of way. So anyway, you got some news Absolutely. or something? Absolutely. Uh- yeah, there's some news that came down from the Braves. Uh, no trades or anything like that. This is just signing their own guys. Uh, the The Braves today have agreed to non-guaranteed contracts with Sean Newcomb. That's going to be a $900,000 mm. deal. With A.J. Minter, a $2.2 million deal. And with Tyler Matzik on a $1.4 million deal. So those guys have non-guaranteed contracts for the upcoming season. Um, I guess I'm kind of surprised that Matzik didn't get more of a yeah. surefire, more of a long-term thing. But um, Well, that's a nice segue for us into the bullpen. I mean, let's just start talking about this yeah. bullpen. All three of those guys are, you know, you, you would expect them to be part of it. I kind of delineated uh, this into, into a few sections. So I've got it. Well, so, <laughs> so go ahead. I was just going to say, I was scrolling down your list of, of everyone who's in the bullpen. And I feel like I just like exhaled. I was like. Oh, like there's there's a lot of names. A lot of names. Like, there, yeah. are, there are a lot of names who are going to be, and, and it's it's interesting because I feel like in years past there was always like you were including guys that you really didn't feel comfortable with that you were just like, well, I mean the Braves mm. need a body, right? Exactly. And now the and yeah, and now that the Braves are at a point where they literally there's going to be some names that we've probably gotten used to hearing every year that are going to be spending more time in Gwinnett than they will in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Sure. And this is not really us like trying to do any predictions of what the opening day roster or anything is going to be. It's kind of no, hard not to yet. do that at this point in time. But uh, I just just generally have this kind of segmented into a few sections. So kind of at the back, you've got Will Smith and Kenley Jansen. We just know that those guys are going to be either an 8-9 guy or might you know or or you know splitting time between the nines, but those guys are going to be at the very at back end. So you've got those two. Then I've got the next section of four, which are kind of the setup guys. So you've got the left-handers in Tyler Matzik and A.J. Minter, and then right-handers in Colin McHugh and Luke Jackson. And I got to say, just having six guys like that, adding those four to the Will Smith and Kenley Jansen, that is such a solid core of six. And yeah, we is. saw how important this bullpen was for the team in the last postseason, but really the bullpen has been core component of the success that the Braves have had going all the way back to the that trade deadline that I mentioned in 2019 when Alex Anthopoulos beefed up that bullpen with those three guys ever since then they've really been relied on quite a bit and um and they've come through and I think you got to have so much faith in in that group of six to be a really solid core for you and maybe they even take some of the pressure off some of these younger starters that we were talking about earlier um with them knowing that they've got a, a you know a solid group behind them that can come in um yeah, anything well, stand I mean, out I, to you among I, this group i think it's just like just where baseball is headed to where you're going to have to yep. put more emphasis on your bullpen it's not so much that you can you know you're just not going to consistently rely on a guy to throw seven or eight innings it's going to be closer to four or five yeah and then you're going to turn to your bullpen that's why when i when i said earlier you know like being somewhat critical of Kenley Jansen uh, is that an area where it feels like you don't really need a guy, but I will tell you if he pitches well and you know, this team gets into August, you're going to be looking back going like, man, what a, what another genius move from Alex (laughs) Anthopoulos to, to, to have you're you're right to have six guys um, that, you can consistently count on and and that's on top of having other guys who have their moments of of looking good or who can just carry you through uh those you know those those summer days uh, of of major league baseball um nothing particularly like stands out um i'm curious to see after i mean tyler matzik had as about a as great a postseason <laughs> yeah. as you can have um, as far as, you know, not just only like his personal brand, but just his actual <laughs> performance out personal there. Brand. And so, yeah, I mean, That's you know, true. like yeah, yeah. every, everyone kind of got a, 
yeah, everyone's got a pretty consistent joke, uh, especially when it when it comes to Matic. Um, there's a I've got a the lock screen on my phone has two walnuts in the corner of the <laughs> World Series trophy, and that is related to Tyler Matzik. Um, I'm very curious to see if he can keep that same level, because um, obviously it was it was like they caught lightning in a bottle with what they got out of him. And everyone, everyone knows his story now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm I'm very curious to look out for him. And I'm also like Luke Jackson. He's the other one who we've gone f- years now of going, oh, this guy's terrible. Oh, no, this guy's really surprising us. You know, he, he's really good to... I don't know, you know, and he'll probably Luke do Jackson both. He'll moment. he'll do he'll do all the, he'll do both those things again this year. I'm sure, you know, he has his ebbs and flows, no doubt. Yeah, it just it just makes me he's he's a guy along with Tyler Matzik who I go, you know, out of this core six, I guess you could call it. Um, those are the two guys who could be replaced if they don't perform well by some of these other names. I don't mm-hmm. necessarily think that will happen, mm-hmm. um, but. I, those are the most likely that if anything were to change, I think it comes out of out of those two names. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess go ahead and go through the, it, the rest of the yeah, guys that so, come around this thing out. So the last couple that I would have just kind of before you get to the cutoff where you're looking at guys who are kind of on the bubble, I guess these guys would technically kind of be on the bubble too. Um, but the first two I've got in the Braves bullpen right now is Sean Newcomb, who you just mentioned getting that um, non-guaranteed contract. Uh, and Darren O'Day, who is currently on a minor league deal, but Alex Anthopoulos did speak about O'Day during one of his recent media availabilities, and he spoke about him in high terms, saying that like we're, we're really kind of um, hoping to count on him this year. And you know, he said he's like you know he's got to make the team and all that. But it sounds to, it sounded to me like as long as he pitches decent this spring, he is going to be a part of this group at least to start the season. Um, so those are the two that I've got in, but then there's obviously kind of a cluster of guys who have major league experience who will be, you know, um, biting at their heels, trying to get into that group. Uh, left-hander Dylan Lee, who we saw in the world series last year as an opener, didn't go well for him. Um, <laughs> you know, and yeah. the reason I didn't put him in with the starters is because, uh, in his post game press conference that night, um, he went in and I think after the fir- the first question, it was like, you know, uh, what'd you, what'd you learn about your, about yourself tonight or your start tonight or whatever. And he was like, that I'm not a starter. <laughs> so, uh, which was Fair funny. Enough. It was like, yeah, it was like kudos to the guy in such a big moment like that to be able to make a joke at his own expense. Um, but they did win that game. Or did they win? I don't remember. I don't remember if they did. Um, I think they did. Anyway, um, so you've got Dylan Lee, lefty, and then uh, Jacob Webb, righty, and Spencer Strider, who I also threw down here as a right-hander. Although I'm, I'm sure Strider is still so, he's so young, he could still go one of two ways, but obviously a very talented arm like you were talking about earlier. I would expect Jacob Webb would probably be like the the top of the line uh, of guys who would be ready to go to the majors just because he has that experience. Um, but obviously kind of struggled last year and who he hit, uh, yeah. was it Conforto? No, it was Pilar, I think. No, he Kevin hit, Pilar. Hit him, hit him in the face. Yeah. yeah. And and Kevin Pilar just got a minor league deal with a team. Saw that uh, earlier <laughs> earlier today. I can't remember who it was, but yeah, I, don't I remember seeing it. his name come Padres. across and and yeah. his his name always kind of sticks out to me because of that moment. Uh, you're you're right that Jacob Webb is at a very pivotal moment in his career. I think he is another guy of you know you know you want to put a name of a guy who is on the on the bubble of. You're either going to be a regular part of this rotation or you are not going to be a part of this team anymore. Uh, I think that is how yep. drastic exactly. his, his, his odds are right now. It, it, there is no happy medium. We'll wait around. We'll see what we maybe see. That's no, right. it, is a, it is a you've got to come out of the gate strong or pack your bags mm-hmm. sort of thing. I, I think that's what we get. Out of out of Jacob Webb, but what's interesting about this group is that I don't see like a natural successor to Josh Tomlin, <laughs> which um, you yeah. know maybe maybe he's not exactly the kind of person you would say you like want to have a successor for. But but in all seriousness, it's just like you know who's going to be the long reliever, who's going to be that guy who's in the bullpen, who's honestly you need somebody in there who can just chew up innings sometimes when you need whether it's you're getting blown out or you've kind of 
blown blown you know teams doors wide open and you just kind of need somebody to to eat up some innings um i wonder who that guy might be because uh, i don't see a natural I mean, guy there who would succeed him in that respect i'll tell you i'll tell you my picks who's I that think there's two guys who could <laughs> compete for the that type of role tukey toussaint yep. sean newcomb yep um, yep I think those are the two names. I could be wrong. It could end up some, you know, someone could emerge. It's almost crazy uh, to, 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 to take it, on. It's crazy to remember that that Sean Newcomb was once thought of as a starter. He was once like a starting pitcher. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, Tukey, I think definitely could be that guy. And I, I tend to think that the Braves will start with a six man rotation to start the year. Um, so that might afford At a least, guy like Tukey yeah. a, a position on the team where he can start the season as a six reliever. And then maybe transition into a bullpen role, being that long that long man that the team would need. It's just not the kind of role where I, I imagine a lot of young players want to be pitching in, you know, because you're kind of no. pitching in not very consequential moments of games. So and and your numbers can really take a hit if you're sucking out there, but <laughs> but like you're not <laughs> yeah, gonna get pulled true. because you just gotta you just gotta bite the bullet and get through it. So uh, yeah, anyway. Um, and then there's just a couple other uh, young arms just worth keeping an eye on. I don't think these guys will likely play a role. But Bryce Elder uh, was a draft pick, I think, in 2019 or 2020. I can't remember which one. Had a phenomenal year last year. Just just rocketed up the Braves uh, farm system. Um, so keep an eye on him. Again, I kind of doubt. But maybe he gets something like a Spencer Strider, Dylan Lee type of year where he gets some play maybe towards the end. And then Victor Vodnik is another guy who's um, had a lot of talk about him for a long time. Another hard thrower. Both those guys are right-handers, uh, and Bryce Elder has just been striking out a ton of guys in the minor league. So um, some optimistic guys to keep an eye out for, but very doubtful that they would play a role for the team on the major league this year. Neither of them are even on the 40-man roster at this point. So but how do you like this just overall, this pitching staff? What are your um, – just any general thoughts? I like it. I, I think there's a ton of talent um, on this group, both in the rotation and the bullpen. I just think there's a, a – a lot of volatility that could happen, you know, just in terms of Absolutely, guys, yeah. guys under or overperforming could play, have a drastic role and it could lead Alex Anthopoulos to have to make some big moves at some point during the season to try to get things sorted out. Yeah. I mean, a, I think I've just learned in general to never feel too comfortable uh, when it comes to a pitching yeah. staff. I mean, yeah. shoot, when it comes to a team in general, however, I am a lot more comfortable with the Braves lineup that we will uh, that we'll go into more detail about next week than I am with this pitching staff because mm -hmm. of that exact point, Joe, in the fact that this could go really well for the Braves, and you know, and because guess guess a name that we never even mentioned. I think in I was the entire I, time. I just remembered it. I didn't even put him on because he's been out of my mind. But Mike Soroka, he's. I was about to say he's been out of the mind of a lot yep. of people. Yep. Um. And, and that was just uh, uh just as a, as a side note, I was talking with a friend who was asking me, you know, as as Freddie Freeman and as Matt Ryan leave the city, you know, who's kind of going to take over that role as the face of the city? Um. And Ronald Acuna immediately came to my mind, and the friend that I was telling this went, "Oh yeah, I forgot about him." And it was like, yeah, because the Braves managed to win a World Series without him. Without him, Mike yeah. Soroka. Yeah, Mike Soroka is another name where if you had if you had asked anyone, you know, if you had told somebody the Braves are going to win the World Series in 2021, and Mike Soroka is not a part of that. I mean, like, Mike Mike Soroka was like not a favorite, but he was like a con outside contender for Cy Young in 2019. I mean, he was that good. It we, is. Uh, we thought. I mean, I was about to say we. Let me say I thought his career was headed in a better direction than Max Fried. Hundred you know? percent. Yeah, I, it was like Max Fried was kind of like the the star. He was like the Robin to Mike Soroka's Batman. Yeah. Yeah. And and, uh, and how times if, have changed. If Soroka can make a complete comeback though, and get even close to the pitcher that he was, which I yeah, I hope he can. And I think he can. Up. And if anybody can, it would it will be him. Man, that would be talk about this Braves championship window just you know becoming that much larger. If you have Soroka, Freed, and Ian Anderson kind of holding down this rotation for a few years, I mean that would like bring you back like to the '90s, you know, with some of those you know the the big three, 
that they had back then. So, but I'm for me for, with Soroka, I'm just kind of casting him out of my mind for this year. I'm not um, counting on him. I think he had the re-injury in May of last year, so mm-hmm. I I'm thinking that it probably takes if it's normally 12 months and you re-tear the the site of the original tear the way he did. I'm thinking probably 18 months before he's back pitching um, just on, be, to be on the okay. safe side. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But I'm just I'm putting putting my expectations very low for him this year, next year, or maybe even we'll see how his, how his rehab progresses into this year. But um, I don't know. We'll see. I sure hope he can get yeah. back because that's brutal. I, I know it's just it's one of those like it's just wild that we've gotten to a point where he is a he is a footnote. Yeah. Uh, and everything else going on with this with this rotation, uh, like we you know mentioned early uh, earlier that Charlie Morton is going to have a little bit of a slow start as he comes back um, from uh, from his broken leg. I kept I kept wanting to think that his was an Achilles, and it was like no 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 no, I'm putting putting that in the wrong brave picture. Um, but <laughs> so we we you know a, a lot of really talented guys, but as you said, Joe, a lot of opportunity for some vol- volatility um and waiting around for guys to get healthy um there's a lot i think to be excited about and a lot more that we'll be able to get into next week uh, as we get, go through what this lineup's going to look like um and kind of get ready as we're we're just two weeks well, away we have two more shows before i mean not next week, but the following week will be on opening day week. You know, it's crazy, man. Yeah, it's so it's with it, a, a spring training half as long. It's coming so fast. <laughs> yeah, but it excites me because it's it just means that that baseball is is back. Regular season baseball is almost here, uh, and we'll have everything covered for you right here on Batter Up. Uh, Joe, anything else you want to get to before we get out of here? Nope, nothing from me. We'll be back with players, position players next week. Talk about the lineup. It's exciting. It's a good lineup. Yeah, it, that it is. So for everybody listening, thank you. Uh, please like, subscribe, do all of the stuff that makes our bosses very happy <laughs> uh, and gets us, you know, uh, in the good graces of them. But thanks for listening to Batter Up. For Joe Patrick, I'm Caleb Johnson. Have a good one. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.